Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. If this is your first time, welcome. If you're a repeat listener, welcome back. On this channel, we have simple goals. We want to inspire investors to move forward. We want to create belief that one rental at a time is possible. And we want to help you take positive steps forward. If you want to learn more about your host, Michael Zuber, please go to Amazon and buy his book, self-titled or self-published, One Rental at a Time. I believe there's a link in the description. If you're ready to get started with buy and hold rentals, but unsure what to do, I strongly encourage you to consider buying our online course. It gives you the tools to get started, help you learn your market, allows you to compare deals, and so much more. Lastly, by buying the course, you are granted access to a private Facebook group where I and my students interact daily. Everyone is equal, and we just keep helping everyone move forward. It is so much fun to watch, and again, I believe a link is in the description. With that, on with the show. So uh, continuing on our trend of daily financial updates, it's a lot of fun for me. Again, something I've been doing for years, uh, but now I get to do it and, and talk to you for a few minutes today. So pretty fun. So today's uh, articles, again, always take notes, paper, paper person, don't know why. Uh, first coming out of the gate, we got Robert Schiller. Uh, you know, he is a, uh, I believe he's a Nobel Prize winning economist uh, for some of his work during the Great Recession. Uh, he came out w- with the idea of saying, you know what, even though some of his personal indicators are saying that a recession is, um, you know, more than 50-50 likely in the next 18 months, He's actually looking at it and saying, you know what, the, the economy, the consumer um, are kind of set up to, uh, you know, maybe push off a recession for three or four years. And he goes as far as to say uh, the leader of our executive branch has, um, he sort of exudes uh, consumption and quote unquote luxury and, you know, all of these things and that he is, um, you know, it, I don't know if leading by example is the right word, but basically spend, spend, spend. And, you know, if if folks are following that, they're feeling good, the economy, the unemployment rate, there's, there's a lot of things uh, that are better now than they were years ago. Uh, you know, I guess, I guess you could see that, right? Because, again, at 66% consumer-based, you know, we are all at the mercy of the consumers. And if they generally feel good and happy uh, about what's going on, they're going to keep going to the mall, keep taking out their credit card, and keep spending. So it is very likely that maybe it is years away. Again, this was the opinion of Robert Schiller. Uh, again, I believe he's a Nobel Prize winning economist. Um, not sure, but I believe so. Uh, next up, uh, we have Goldman Sachs actually talking about something that will likely impact the stock market. Right? Remember, you have market, sector, stock, risk. Goldman Sachs is basically coming out and saying, you know what, all of these stock buybacks, and basically that's companies taking cash, taking stock off the street, right, basically lowering their outstanding shares, allows them to manipulate the stock price, are um, plummeting, I believe was the word they used, and they're down roughly 18% quarter on quarter and 17% um, on the year. 
And again, like many things, this is a confidence issue because they are taking real cash in most cases and taking and, and using that on stock to raise uh, or to lower their stock quantity, raising their potential for earnings per share. And they're, of course, reducing that because they're not as confident. This goes back to business investment and consumer sentiment and all of these things. So if, if they're less confident on the future, companies are going to keep the cash on their books, right? Keep it on their balance sheet uh, because they're going to use it should something go wrong. So again, we have a lot of things set up in the economy that are cautious in nature. Uh, and I think we talked about this now a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. We have a lot of things set up that if they go right, it could we could take off, right? Brexit could get resolved. Hopefully Hong Kong and China thing can get resolved. Our trade war with China can get resolved. Uh, the UAW, you know, GM strike should get resolved. Uh, there's just lots of things going on that if they go the right direction and if they all go the right direction, I think the consumer is going to be pretty happy in 2020. Um, so w we will see. Um, you know, next up is, oh, Netflix. Netflix just issued some bonds, $2 billion worth of bonds. Uh, that's just That's just a crazy number. And they are doing it, obviously, because they need to compete in the streaming wars, right? More competition coming out, reducing prices. Uh, so they've raised $2 billion to go get more content, right? This is going to become a content battle. Um, I saw somewhere that the next big thing could be South Park. Um, you know, somebody's going to get that and put that on their streaming platform. So lots of things going on. $2 billion uh, in, in more debt is um is significant right because that that hurts that hurts the uh, strength of the company and the like but obviously they're doing it because they see it as a way to keep competition at bay and uh, you know they got to buy more content and or create more content next up is is boeing um yeah you couldn't you couldn't pay me to touch boeing stock today there are you know what was it last week we talked about there being smoke um, I'm thinking we're starting to see some embers, and I can't see how the CEO survives to the end of the year. And part of me wants to say to the end of no, uh, October, but that's probably a little bit too fast. But maybe by Thanksgiving, I just can't see him surviving. If you don't know, right, they had the Supermax. It's been grounded for quite some time. They had two fatal crashes, uh, lots of lost, lost lives. Uh, some software uh, has been blamed. Um, they've now found text messages where uh, test pilots were frustrated with said technology. And now they've done some surveys and employees are admitting to feeling pressured to say everything's good. And that's just a set of dominoes going the wrong direction. And, you know, this... this um, you know, Boeing could be this year's Wells Fargo, right? Do you guys remember Wells Fargo? Was that three years ago, two years ago, where they had that uh, account problem that kind of just was smoke for a while? And then all of a sudden you find out there's, I don't know, whatever it was, 30,000 accounts, 3,000 accounts, whatever they were, just fictitiously created. Um, I think Boeing's going that direction. The question is how big, how far? Um, you know, do they do they just get taken down a peg? And they're still aground, or is there going to be so much smoke and fire this blows up and Boeing doesn't exist, right? I mean, it could. It could go that way. If uh, if there's the infamous 
letter, email, text where um, it shows intent. That that could be a problem. So uh, don't know if it's going to go that way, but yeah, you couldn't pay me to own Boeing stock today for any stretch. Uh, and then the last thing is uh, something I've highlighted is that lending, as rates keep going lower, that people would be looking for more and more ways to increase their lending. I just saw that there's a very creative real estate brokerage called Compass uh, that has been working with some financial institutions to make bridge loans easier. Apparently, the the problem they're trying to solve is they have bought they have owners of homes that want to upgrade, and right now they're trying to upgrade, but they're being outbid or outmaneuvered by cash-heavy investors. Uh, again, I'm, this is the problem they're trying to solve. So what they're trying to do is get the seller of a home, which they have a listing for, pre-approved for a bridge loan for six months of, I guess, expenses, so that they can sell this house and then use that money to carry. So they can basically act like a cash buyer. Tons of risk in that, right? What happens if the house doesn't sell? It sells for less. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that could go gnarly. But it's just another example of people looking at the lending market and saying, wow, rates are really, really small. People are hungry uh, for, for more, you know, lending, uh, both the fees and the cost and the interest. So uh, I see this as a very creative attempt, again, by a real estate brokerage. Um, just wait until actually financial institutions come in and go, you know what, we need to, we need to find new lending ways. And then the last one um, I wanted to talk about is actually Terry Bradshaw. Uh, he was a a well-known professional athlete, at least in the 70s, I believe. He led the Pittsburgh Steelers to four Super Bowls, I think, in 12 or 13 years. Um, but why I'm bringing up is um, he told a story to CNBC where he recognized a $900,000 loss, and he was happy about it. He called it the best financial decision he's ever made. I don't know. I saw that headline, and I'm like, wow, losing nine hundred grand is your best financial decision? i got to click on that article. So basically what he went on highlight is right during the peak of the last crash, he was very, very uh, heavily invested in real estate to the tune of $13 million. Um, and he indicated that, that he felt sick to his stomach. And really what he pointed at what caused it is he saw the money markets going haywire. And the money markets is where people have cash. And if you remember, one of those went bust back in the day. Uh, so that was making him very, very sick. Um, and nervous. And if you ever, if you're ever that leveraged, and you and you feel sick and you can't sleep, do something about it, right? And he did. He basically called up members of his team, and he had everything sold. I'm guessing committed, right? I don't think they actually closed escrow, but he had everything sold in three days. And um, when that was all said and done, he lost 900 grand, but he was out of the real estate market and probably would have lost a lot more should he have stayed in. So. Again, sometimes your body tells you, your head tells you, you know, you want to keep going, you want to keep leaning forward, but your body's like, nope, got to step back, got to do something else. And um, sometimes a small loss is better than being busted out, right? There, there are lots of people last time that should have taken a small haircut in the flipping market, uh, but didn't and held on and lost everything. I've been telling you for, for months now that there are people flipping specifically in the Bay Area that are toast. So they should be very aggressive at discounting stuff and getting rid of it. If they hold on, I think the Bay Area housing market is in big trouble, as I've said many, many times on this channel. So in the end, that's what I got for you today. Got some very exciting interviews later today, one at 12, one at three. Uh, I am actually looking forward to those. That'll be fun. Uh, and um, 
I got an Airbnb video scheduled to go out in a few hours from uh, Kyle Stanley, which would be pretty cool. You'll like that one. And uh, we'll just keep going. All right, everybody. I'll talk to you tomorrow.